As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Understand, defend, and share your faith with confidence. This is Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Welcome back to the show that brings you one-to-one interviews with leading Christian thinkers, apologists, pastors, and evangelists. I'm Justin Briley from Premier Unbelievable. And today, former NFL footballer turned pastor, Derwin L. Gray, will share lessons he's learned from leading Transformation Church, the multi-ethnic megachurch that he founded with his wife, Vicky, as he continues to open up his book, How to Heal Our Racial Divide. You can find links to Derwin with today's show notes. Thanks also to Steve, who said, this is really helpful. Such an insightful first couple of episodes of Unapologetic. I'd recommend the show to anyone passionate about sharing their faith. Well, please do rate and review us like Steve did. It helps others to discover the podcast. And you can find more from Unapologetic and all of our other podcasts, articles, and resources at our website, premierunbelievable.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined at the moment on Unapologetic by Derwin L. Gray, former NFL football player, who, along with his wife, Vicky, founded Transformation Church. It's in South Carolina. It's a multicultural, multi-generational, mission-shaped church. And his recent book, How to Heal Our Racial Divide, is all about what the Bible says and the first Christians knew about racial reconciliation. So welcome back to the show, Derwin. Um, I, let's start with the book, um, yeah. because r- really the first half of the book deals kind of really with just the story of Israel, Abraham, mm-hmm. And then how that culminates in Jesus. And not, not many people will think of that as particularly having a lot to say to the issue of racism per se. But actually, you say, no, it's it's got a lot to say to that, although it might we might want to use a different term than, than race when we're yeah. referring to the kind of reconciliation going on. So so talk us through that whole part of the book. Yeah. So so first of all, my um, my 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 doctoral work is in first century Second Temple Jewish context. I studied under. Uh, Dr. Scott McKnight, uh, N.T. Wright uh, has influenced a lot of my thinking as well. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to write an accessible book that's written well with incredible stories, but with the greatest story ever told. Um, The image that I get is often that I see Jesus looking at us trying to do all these things to heal the racial divide. And I see him extending his nail-pierced hand towards us saying, I am the answer. That's why I came. I came to reconcile all men and women unto my father and unto each other because my father is a covenant keeper. He's a promise maker. 
and Jesus. When Jesus comes, his, his sinless life, his atoning, substitutionary, sacrificial death, his resurrection and his exaltation as Lord and the sending of the spirit is so that Abraham can have this multi-ethnic family that God promised him. Galatians 3.8 says this, and this is the Apostle Paul, Galatian, the book to Galatia was his first letter. He's dealing with Jews and Gentiles being the new people of God. The Jews were saying, no, in order for you Gonim, in order for you Gentiles to be a part of the family of God, you have to take upon the ethnic Jewish boundary markers such as circumcision, kosher festival, Torah. And Paul is like, no, no, no. Now that Christ has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian, that we're now clothed in Christ. And so Galatians 3.8 says this, the gospel was preached beforehand to Abraham and this, all the nations would be blessed. What I want to do and what I've tried to do and what I believe I did is I'm helping God's people have a bigger portrait of the gospel of the work of cross. Jesus not only forgives our sins, but he creates a family with different colored skins. This family is justified, incorporated into the righteousness of Christ. This family is made alive in Christ. This family is the body and bride of Christ. This family is the church. And so individual salvation only exists so the father can have his family through the son that's indwelt by the spirit. And so often we have reduced the gospel to simple transaction of heaven and hell. And the reality is we are fit for new heaven and new earth, new creation. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to put Jesus back on the center stage to say, um, modern people, please understand the first century Second Temple Jewish world had incredible ethnic tension. Peter even says it in Acts 10 when he goes to Cornelius's house. He's like, hey, I typically as a Jew don't go into your house, but God has shown me that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's hearkening back to this echo of God's promise to Adam. And even in Ephesians chapter two, we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. And then when you come to verse 10, we are created for good works that we should walk in them. Well, verses 11 through 22 explain what those good works are. The good work is actually we become this family that God promised Abraham. So if I could pause here, the gospel not only gives you individual blessing, but then it gives you a big old family. Mm. Why? Because God is a promise keeper. He made a covenant with Abraham, Jesus came to say, Dad, I have fulfilled this work. All those who trust me will be brought into this family of every nation, tribe, and tongue. And our holiness being conformed to the image of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit is how we learn to love each other. And as Jesus says in John 13, the world will know you're my disciples by the way you love each other, not the way you argue on Facebook, not the way, way you argue about vaccinations or masks, not who you vote for politically, but by the way that you love each other. And now that since I'm on just a little soapbox, it's interesting <laughs> when 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 I talk to my American Christian friends, I, I say, you know, a lot of Christians in Europe think that we are absolutely barbaric 
for not believing in universal health care. Like, you know, my friends mm -hmm. in Norway, when I talk to them, say things like, I just can't believe American Christians would not want universal health care. I can't believe American Christians would not want gun control. So what we've done is we've taken secondary issues and we've made them idols. And behind every idol is a demonic spirit, according to the Apostle Paul. So what I wanted to do and what I believe I did is I wanted to show people how big and how beautiful and how great Jesus is in Ephesians 2.16, that through his death on the cross, he united Jew and everybody else, Gentile. The question is, is are we willing to learn it and are mm. we willing to obey it? The solution is here. We just have to enter into it. And you make a distinction as well in the book between the term ethnicity and race. Um, what, what's the distinction you draw between those? Because one thing you say, and I've heard others say is, well, strictly speaking, there's only one race, the human race. Um, yeah. But there are obviously different ethnicities. So, so, so talk us through that a little. Yeah. So, so, so biblically, we know Acts 17, 26 from one man came everybody, right? So, so we know scientifically, genetically, right? Uh, there's only one race, the human race. The human race is comprised of different ethnicities and ethnicity deals with language and culture and customs and journeying together over time. So within the human race, there's an array of beautiful ethnicities that bear the image of God. Biblically, in Jesus's day, for the Jewish people, they would have saw the Jews and the Gonim, the Gentiles, the ethnos, the nations. Okay. Sadly, there was a Jewish prayer, in, and in some of my Jewish prayer books, it's still there. There's a Jewish prayer that says, uh, thank you, Yahweh, that I am not a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. Also, with Greek philosophy, there would have been thoughts and prayers to the pantheon of Greek gods that say, thank you that I'm not a barbarian. That's anyone that wasn't Greek, a woman mm -hmm. or a slave. So in between those ethnocentric racist views, the apostle Paul comes along and says, all those who have been baptized in Christ are clothed with Christ. Therefore, there's neither Jew nor Greek, free nor slave, male nor female, for we're all one in Christ and all those who belong to Christ are sons of Abraham. So ethnic distinction in the gospel is not erased. It's actually embraced. There's no ethnic supremacy. Slave or free deals with economics. It's not antebellum American slavery. The CEO and the garbage man get treated the same. Men and women are co-heirs in Christ. And so the gospel teaches us a new way to be human because if we're all clothed in Christ, for me to look down upon you is to look down upon myself. You're listening to Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. It's so helpful the way in which you, you, you bring all this out in the book and the, the way in which I think you help us to distinguish between the kind of categories that people often use for race versus ethnicity. Um, I, I, I particularly and, and also this point that you draw out, which is right there on your T-shirt, 
um, colorblind versus colorblessed. Talk a bit about that, because there has been this phrase, well meant often, but perhaps mm-hmm. misguided uh, among many people who say, well, look, I, you know, I'm not racist. I'm colorblind when it comes yeah. to. But that's not what you you think we need to be focusing on, because color does matter. Actually, ethnicity does matter. Um, so what, what what's the distinction you draw between those two ways of looking at it? Yeah, uh, let me give you an illustration. And I talk about this in a, in a book. I was actually working on a book at a coffee shop and an older white man and I made eye contact and he said, hey, uh, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm actually working on a book. He goes, what's the book about? I said, it's uh, it's about how to heal the racial divide in the United States of America and the world. And he says, uh, is there a racial divide? I don't see color. And I instinctually said, well, brother, why not? Uh, God wouldn't have made me the ethnicity and color I am and you the ethnicity and color that you are if he didn't want us to see them. So when I say I'm not, when a person says I'm colorblind, it's actually dismissive to the creative genius of God in people as though the Lord made a mistake and respectfully I've never heard white Christians in America say, brother, I don't see your color. They only say that to people of color. So, no, I want you to see me. I want you to know me because God made me this way. It's not an accident. Right. But then secondly, what it does also is it dismisses the pain of people of color. And it acts as almost like a a spiritual sleeping aid. Well, if I don't see color then therefore it doesn't exist. And what's interesting is when me and that gentleman sat down to talk for the next hour, by the end, he was like, oh, I guess there is a racial divide, isn't, 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 isn't there? And he would say things like, well, you know, our church is open to all pe- people, but black pe- people just won't come. And I, I, I said, well, tell me about your pastors. He goes, well, they're all white. I said, tell me about your band. They're all white. Tell me about your congregation. Well, they're all white. And I said, well, How would you feel if you went to an all black church and everybody on staff was black and everything was black culture? And what was the last time you thought about going to a black church? And he was like, oh, I see your point. So so um, it was it was a very interesting conversation. We have to and N.T. Wright has done such a great job, job of this. The goal is not to be disembodied spirits floating around. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, Romans 8, 29 said he's the firstborn of men amongst many brothers and sisters. Jesus in his humanity, he's the true Adam, the last Adam. When we raise from the dead, Jesus is going to be the ethnic Jewish man that he was. And when we come out of the tomb with him, we're going to be the ethnicity that we are, new heavens, new earth. That's why Revelation 5, 9, every nation, tribe, and tongue. It's going to be colorful. It's going to be beautiful. Um, It's going to be the family that God promised Abraham. And so while on earth, we want to practice through the Spirit's power what we're going to be doing in eternity on the new heaven and new earth. So to be color blessed is, let me summarize it this way. Let's treat people, their colors and their culture, the way we enjoy their ethnic food. And and, and by that, you mean the, the, the way that we, that we kind of celebrate, you know, Italian meals, Indian meals, yeah. you know, the different types of cuisine. We don't say, 
oh, we should all, you know, ignore any differences that exist no, no. and pretend it's all the same. It's about saying we celebrate what makes you unique and your story. Exactly. If all of us celebrated ethnic people the way we celebrate ethnic food, the world would be changed. But I think there's a bit of God's creative genius in that because so much happens around meals. Mm. So much hap a, a lot of Jesus's ministry was around meals. And so what if we actually, so we say, hey man, I love Mexican food. Well, what if we love Mexican food as much as we love Mexicans who are in the United States as dreamers? And we said, man, these kids had no choice. They were born here. Let's press our legislators to make it possible so they can come out of the shadows. You know, just just when we begin to learn to love with the way Jesus loved us, the horizons of our heart, the borders are expanded to reach new territories of growth and beauty. And we're actually becoming more human. Redemption is actually the recapturing and the rescuing of our humanity. Jesus in his humanity is the blueprint of what we were created to be. The, salvaf the salvific message is the restoration of that which was lost. Mm. And, and ultimately the church is supposed to look like, uh, it, you know, an image of what we get promised in Revelation, I guess, you know, that all tribes, all tongues, all nations before the throne. I don't think it's saying they're all separated into their individual tribes and nations. It's it's like a great mass, isn't it? It, it is a, an interracial, intercultural, inter ethnic it is um, a celebration it is a it is a beautiful mosaic of grace or as ephesians 2 10 or 2 7 says that we're like god's trophies of grace and what if we actually justin if we actually began to see ourselves that way one of the things that we say at transformation church is this and one of the things that i say throughout the book how to heal our racial divide is this treat everybody like jesus died for them because he did if Jesus valued a person enough to die for them, should we not do likewise? We're going to leave it there for today's episode, but we're going to come back and talk about some of the, the hot button topics and phrases that have been circulating in culture recently on the next edition. CRT, critical race theory, Black Lives Matter as a movement, as a phrase, white privilege, these kinds of terms and how we how we should approach them uh, biblically and as Christians and um, with a view to racial reconciliation and the example of the church that we've been talking about in today's episode but thanks for being with me on today's episode Derwin thank you thank you for being with us today the links to Derwin's website and the book are with today's show next time we'll continue the conversation asking how should Christians think about CRT Black Lives Matter and white privilege all polarizing terms in Christian circles today you can get more from the show and support us too at our website premierunbelievable.com blessings on you for now and see you next time you've been listening to unapologetic for more shows resources and our newsletter visit premierunbelievable.com